right, and just like that, we are live, everybody. Week 10 of Leap Into the Week with no other than Mr. Patrick Fingles, Leap CEO. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. It's good to see you guys for another week here of Leap Into the Week. First of all, Patrick and I were talking a little bit before this episode. Um, really appreciate all the loyalty from people that are watching this. You're sticking around, watching it, obviously gaining a lot from what you're saying, Patrick. Uh, for anybody who knows something about this stuff, um, the watch time on this has been incredible. So the viewership, thank you all very much. Uh, as we go into week 10, um, you know, in our what, our second, third month of this entire thing, um, it's it's really, really incredible to see the viewership tuning in like they are. And hopefully today will be no different. Um, a few weeks ago, Patrick, you bring up a term that I've used now a few times. So I thought I'd do a topic about it. Uh, plain business. You know, a lot of times you're growing you're doing things in your business that, hey, man, we're just going to try it. We're going to do it. We're going to play business right here to make it work. And today I wanted to give you an opportunity as we look at five areas of contracting business to give our viewers and listeners one thing, sir, one thing that they could do in each area to immediately positively impact their business. All right. I wanted to start with sales. Um, you know, there's the Sales drives the business. You know, you got to have money coming in the door. You got to have revenue, Patrick. I'm very interested. If you were, you're in a contracting business right now, you go in to consult with them, brother. What one thing are you looking for? What one change can make an immediate impact on them? Yeah, something that's trainable and repeatable, plain and simple. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to play business. Like, when I was a $2 million roofing company, we hired our, not, not even, we were probably a $1 million roofing company. I hired my first salesperson and I started giving that salesperson all my leads. But before I hired that person, I probably spent 30 or 40 or 50 hours creating, if I looked at it now, which was probably a pretty Bush league training regimen and schedule for two weeks. Mm. And when I hired this first salesperson, I pretended, because remember I was playing business, that this person was going through a sales training that like would have been put on by like T row price. We met every day at the office from nine to five. We had structured breaks. It's just, you know, I'm talking like we're a corporation, right? Got them business cards, like really put it all together. Gave them a welcome package when they came in complete with like a shirt and some swag. We wore suits to the office. Like, you know, we played business and um, you know, I did that once and then I refined it and I did it again and did it again and did it again you know, and then you hire a sales manager. So, in, you know, I would say recruit and hire, but if you recruit and hire into no sales system, then you're not going to, you're not going to work. So if you can only pick one thing, go put together your training. How do you sell? Even if, even if it's just your own sales method, whatever you're doing as the owner to sell or, you know, whatever success you're seeing, you know, I would, uh, I would get that down on paper and I'd build a really cool training curriculum. Yeah, it's amazing what just a small amount of attention to detail can do for your training. You know, you went so far there, but I mean, just a little bit of organization can take somebody from nowhere to at least something for you. Um, yeah. And so just put in, that, put in a little bit of effort into that training for people. Give them an opportunity to succeed, Patrick. Yeah, dude, I like took like I remember that I wanted to put a manual together. So I just used Microsoft Word. I typed the manual and then like, I know this sounds crazy, but like in the, in the section where like, while I was training on windows, I wanted to change the style of windows. 
I literally like just took a brochure and like cut pieces of the styles of windows out and like taped them in there. And I know that seems pretty juvenile. Technology's come a long ways, but the point of it isn't what the content is. I know there's a lot of training system out there. You know, there's a lot of, you know, Dave Yoho, you know, sales transformation group. And those are great programs. But more importantly is you just have something structured for your sales team. So, you know, my thing, I literally took cutouts and windows, like taped them into these people's binders. And every time I trained somebody, I had to do that again. So I would take the, we used all side. I would take the all side brochure, cut all the little shapes and size out, tape them in there and then put a description and I'd write in the widths and huts. And I put that in their resource guide. And so I had that, but it was just, it was repeatable. It was repeatable. And I felt good about it when people came in and I trained people into it. Like, you know, you can obviously do something much better than that now and you can do it quicker, faster and more repeatable and level up. But, you know, having a disciplined training curriculum is really, really important if you want to scale your sales team. I'm sorry, Pat. I got to go slightly off topic right here. You tell, you tell me something like that. Okay. When you think about yourself, man, and I think a lot of business owners are going to maybe relate to this. They look back maybe 10, 12, 15 years, whatever it is, in the very beginning, and they go, man, I was doing that. Now you look at where you're at now, multiple companies sold. I mean, you're running arguably the best CRM company for contractors in the country. I'm going to agree with you on that one. 10,000 plus contractors using what you do. Like, do you, do you just stop and go like, were you, are you like embarrassed by that? Or are you like, man, that was part of the journey and like, no, you wouldn't man. trade it. That was part of the journey, man. I, I told you in the one office, when the playing business office, man, me and my uh, partner, Tom, we used to show up to the back of his house at Shady Milk in Catonsville, Maryland. We had a sunroom that we had converted to our offices and we spent our first thousand dollars on a conference table. Like, I mean, like we needed that, like a hole in the head, but the only way I knew how to do it was to play business. And I had to play in the environment that we were at. I was going to do the interview either at a restaurant or a coffee shop, or I was going to do it at the shady nook house. We didn't have an office. So I wanted it to present somewhat responsible. So when the person walked in, they saw accolades on the wall. And at the time, the only accolades we had was a better business beer certificate in a $2 frame and a conference table. I needed that. I wanted to play in business. And it was a small office depot conference table, fit four people. And we put that sucker in the middle of the sunroom with two desks on either side of it. And we had files all up on the walls with little white labels that said jobs in progress. And we had two jobs, you know, we had two jobs. But that's the whole point of playing business is, you know, yeah, I mean, if you, you try to put yourself in an environment of success that you can afford and that you can, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, I, I can't think of it, but like, you know, you can bring together, you can make happen, you yeah. know, you can realize. So that's why that's it's called amazing. playing business, man. You know? Well, let's continue with the playing business here. We talk about sales and I love what you're saying here, a typical, repeatable training process for your sales team so that they can have an opportunity to succeed. But what about marketing, man? You, you've dominated marketing in a few different areas, whether it be radio, LinkedIn, social media, um, you know, I, on the ground, I've been with the conferences with your people who do marketing. I mean, if you're stepping in and you're a contractor, putting yourself in their shoes, where can they make a better immediate impact in their marketing, Patrick? Yeah, get small. Contractors mm. all, all too often want to be too many things to too many people. We talked about Bellow the Bull. Remember, we, oh. we had that conversation. So, um, you know, get small like be Howard County's number one window company. Shit, be 
the number one window company in 21785, right? Or whatever your zip code is, you know, and then once you're dominating there, then bellow out from that and bellow out from that because you can dominate. People want to spread marketing too, too wide. They, they want to be too many things to too many people. And then they're nothing to anybody. Remember, I always say, I say, you can be something to everyone or you can be everything to someone. The key to marketing is being everything to someone. So it doesn't mean, don't think in eternity. Be like, nah, man, we're going to be the Northeast leading roofing company. We're going to be the nation's number one roofing company. But before you were the nation's number one roofing company, you were Harrisburg, Pennsylvania's number one window company. Yes. Right? It's and there's a little... There's a little, little wink in that for, for somebody special, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, you know? Uh, but anyway, so you're Harrisburg, Pennsylvania's number one window company. And then the next thing you know, you're the leading remodeler in the nation, but you started there for Harrisburg by Harrisburg. Yes. Now, if you dominate your sales, you dominate your marketing, inevitably you're going to have more production that's going to need to happen within the company. Um, you've had to deal with this at scale um, with your company, the roofing company inside. How do you, you know, if you don't have a great product, it is going to catch up with you, Patrick. Um, and so what can individuals do on a personal and a process? What can they do to improve that production today as they're going into the office right now? What advice would you have for them? Yeah. Listen, man, this is going, I'm never self-serving. You know this. I'm trying to give mm -hmm. back. Buy Leap. Good Lord. <laughs> buy the Leap CRM. Buy something but have a dedicated production process. I said like our little office was a conference table, two desks and seven file folders on the wall that said, you know, a pending approval in ordering materials, you know, and so we, we needed that visual back in the day. Now it's just, you just use software to do it. So, you know, a, a production process that a business owner can see is the most important thing. You know, I stumbled over something pretty uh, interesting the other day. I said in, in most small businesses, small, smaller contracting businesses, call them sub 5 million, sub 10 million. In order for the business owner to know what's going on, there's only the only way that the business owner typically gets information is via email, text message, phone call, or face-to-face -face conversation. So they're monitoring the whole, the whole company through those activities. They're not going to a centralized source for a vision of what's going on in their company. They're not going to like, you know, a CRM where at click of a button, they can communicate with their production team. They can communicate with their sales team. They can see where every process, every job in their pipeline is. They got to call their office manager and say, Hey, what's going on with the, you know, the Smith job. Oh, well, you got to call the sales guy because Mrs. Smith said she wanted to change this. Okay. Let me hang out. Let me call the sales guy. Right. Um, so when you think of those antiquated forms of communication, it's hard to grow and scale business in that because you're on the phone, emails, text messages, or in your car all day, every day. So repeatable production software um, that will keep all your people on track. And most importantly, you can't hide from it. It's at a click of a button. I can see where every job in production is sitting and I can see where the bottlenecks are. You got to get it. I, like I said, don't want to be self-serving, but that's the number one thing I would do. Absolutely. Now let's talk about getting people on board. Maybe you, maybe you're going in today. It's Monday morning. You're trying to get people on board to join your team, production, sales, marketing. I don't know. You need administrative work recruitment today. Um, is there something you would say, Hey, listen, this is the key right now to recruitment as you see it um, currently in the contracting and blue collar community. Awesome, man. No, we talked a little bit about this, but know your, know your superpower. So one, 
you're probably recruiting yourself. So you have to play business, man. If you're too like, don't go go on LinkedIn, create your profile, and put CEO of CEO Contracting. I don't care <laughs> if you're a hundred thousand dollar company, you're the CEO, right? So go on there yes. and put that. Repost and share some content. It could be somebody else's content. Just just good ideas, and then just take two hours and watch the YouTube videos to learn how to use LinkedIn. And that's, you know, and recruit. That's it. If you're small, you only need a few key people to make a difference. And, and, and like I said, tell, you can always create your story. Like when you go into a house and you sell a customer, you have a company story. It doesn't matter whether it's like formalized or not. Like maybe you're a one man guy, you're a solopreneur and you go up and you're like, it's just me. It's my family business. You know, I, I work with every customer personally. I'm not like one of these big guys where you're just a number. I'm going to stay with you on everything. I know everything that's going on. Okay, great. That's your pitch. What's your recruiting pitch? Mm. What's, you know, everybody has their sales pitch. Nobody has their recruiting pitch. Oh, great culture. Benefits. PTO. That, that, that ain't your pitch. Why you? Everybody's got that stuff. So it's like, you know, your outreach and your email has to be something like, hey, man, listen, we're small. But don't you wish you would have gone on board with a small company now? You know, you might be a, a, a small fish in a big pond over here. You could really help us drive change. I'm trying to do something astonishing over the course of the next four to five years. Uh, let's have a conversation. Yeah. You know, and it's like people respond to that. Yes. And that's your small business. That's where you're at. If you're a bigger business, it's, it's something different. But know what your know what your pitch is and learn how to LinkedIn recruit. LinkedIn profile, LinkedIn recruit, and create your create your pitch. Why you? Why would they work for you? Where are you going? What are you passionate about? What are you doing? Okay. And then finally, let's talk about after the job is completed. I think this is an area of immense opportunity that not a lot of contractors focus on, Patrick. And it's why I wanted to bring it to you. How can they help their business after the job is done, after the work is completed, assuming they do a wonderful and good job for the person they're trying to serve? What are they not doing after the job, the post-production side? Um, you know, I, I would say it's the community stuff. Um, you know, turn a job into a job, right? You're, you're never, people try to get a percentage of their leads to come from referrals. Get a percentage of your jobs to give a referral, right? Because uh, it's hard to get a percentage of your leads to come from referrals, but it's easier to say, you know, we want 30% of our jobs to give us a referral and we're, we're going to get it that, you know, in, in some way, shape or form, even if we have the canvas. So I think people look for easy alternatives like po post postcard mailing and radius mailing and that stuff works, but the frequencies cost per thousands and it's, it's expensive and the ROI is real low on it. Um, so then maybe what to do is they'll, you know, they'll have the installer or whoever did the job, put some, 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 you know, cards up or, you know, uh, you know, they'll put a job sign up. Like we're trying these things, but what they're really not doing is like getting at the community. If you're like, I'm going to talk to the 10 houses that can see this job, all 10 of them. I don't care if we have to send a person, you've been being back there six times. Like we're going to keep track. Like I talk to this one, talk to this one, talk to this one. Didn't get this one. I'm going to come back next Thursday and get them. Swing by on the morning and get them. And you really put that hyper focus on really, I guess, job site canvassing when you're done. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'll win. You can put the salesperson in charge of it, but like you got to track it. Be like, I'm going to create a spreadsheet. I'm going to the office manager to put every job in there that you're going to do. 
and you're going to go ahead. She's going to put the 10 addresses in there and you're going to give me a status update. Spoke to, not interested, hadn't spoke to. And you're, you have to go back to that neighborhood as many times as you have to to get them, you know, to have a conversation with them about that roof that you did. Um, I, I think it's trying to generate buzz around your job site. Um, doesn't mean you don't do radius mailing. Doesn't mean you don't do a job, you know, have your installers put out, you know, door hangers. I mean, you don't put, you do all that, but the real, it's work. It's the, it's the, it's the hard work of being like, now nah, we're talking to all 10 of these suckers, you know? And, um, you know, I think if you did that, you know, you're probably getting one of them to say yes to an estimate. And the closing rates on those, on the closing rates on those are much higher, 50, 60%, you know? Huge. So there we go, everybody. Post-production, we're doing a community focus. I'm going to start. I'm going to work my way backwards. Recruitment, get your butt on LinkedIn. Production, get yourself some leap and get organized. Marketing, get small, be everything to someone. And then sales, make sure you got a templable, repeatable training process so that your people have an opportunity to dominate and to succeed. That's it. Go back, watch the episode, pick out a little bit of something right there and implement it into your day today. That's exactly why we do this here at Patrick Fingal, CEO over at Leap, everybody. That's how you play business right there, brother. Um, so until next time, everybody, we'll be back next week for week 11. We're going to be talking about leadership, leadership through the stages of your business. And how as a leader, you need to evolve into more than what you are now to bring your company to more than what it already is. We'll talk next week on week 11 here at Leap into the Week with Patrick Fingal, CEO over at Leap. Thanks a lot, brother.